To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 92. The Opinionated Bench Warmers are back to do what we do, and let's talk sports at best. The voice you're hearing right now is Rob. I got Ramon. I got Carlos with me, as always. We in here. How y'all fellas feeling? Good, man. Good. Uh, the voice, of course, you're hearing is Loso, in case you didn't know so. Um, and so I'm ready to rock it, man. We had a fun episode uh, yesterday. We're doing an episode today. I'm just ready to go, man. Sports, sports all around. Yeah, man. I'm ready to get it going too. My boy dropping bars already on the pod. Uh, <laughs> but I'm ready to get it rolling, man. We got some good topics to talk about. We know that the NFL draft is coming up. You know, NBA always keeps you, keeps you guessing, keeps you on your toes, man. So we always got some good stuff uh for the listeners. Um, and once again, man, we appreciate all y'all. So I'm not gonna hold it up too much. Let us just go ahead and jump right into it. It's great to mention because when the listeners hear this, it'll be two days until the NFL draft, which is just which is this Thursday, April 29th, 2021. We've all been anticipating it. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be an interesting draft. I mean, just just I guess basis, we never spoke about it. I mean, these guys haven't had an NFL combine. It was only relying on film of what they did during the season. And the main thing was their pro days. So uh, it, it's real different as, as to how these prospects are being graded. Um, I think ultimately, I think what's the most interesting thing that's been buzzing right now is what is the 49ers going to do. Of course, they traded into the top three, uh, which we assume would be because they want to obtain a quarterback. But of course, they got Jimmy G on the on the uh, roster as well. And they, they felt like he, they paid him a lot of money and felt like he was their franchise quarterback. He had a couple injuries. He didn't quite pan out to be who they thought they would be. Um, but ultimately we feel like they're, they traded back in that top three to get a quarterback. And I mean, ultimately we know Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone to Jacksonville. I mean, he's, I mean, for crying out loud, he's already started Con- contributing to Jacksonville charities and everything like that. So, I mean, we, I mean, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone. So that leaves the next quarterback that's going to be on the board. I ultimately feel like Justin Fields is the second quarterback, the, the second most talented quarterback in this draft. And I mean, I, I think that the 49ers will land him. I think they're going to take him, but I mean, ultimately, what do y'all think the 49ers are going to do? I mean, a report came out that they that they say the top five quarterbacks are all on their radar, uh, which is Zach, which includes Zach Wilson and uh, Lance out of North Dakota State. But 
I mean, we, I mean, we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I think them at three, you know, I think it's been already kind of said, and it's already been pretty much a shoe-in with Trevor Lawrence going first, Zach Wilson going two. Everybody fell in love with Zach Wilson and that throw he made during his pro day. That throwback, you know, that was a throw that he wanted to do, and he wanted to be different, and he nailed it on the spot. And so that really leaves three quarterback decisions for um, – you know, the 49ers with, you know, Justin Fields, as you mentioned, uh, Trey Lance, and then McCorkle Jones. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call him Max. <laughs> His real name is McCorkle. Though. I see why he went with Mag. <laughs> Stick with that. McCorkle Jones. So <laughs> just go ahead and throw that out there. But the, it, the here's the crazy part, and this is going to throw everybody for a loop. I think the 49ers are leaning McCorkle Jones going into it at number three and it's weird as <laughs> wait stop calling this man McCorkle Jones right. yeah you gotta stop, stop doing that stop calling it's, making name, a, it's making me uncomfortable it's right. making me uncomfortable that's right. his name man alright but so I'm gonna call him Mac man Mac Jones I think the 49ers are leaning Mac Jones they look at you know his quarterback you look at Kyle Shanahan's uh, track record with quarterbacks right you know he's really put Matt Ryan into an MVP type of season, right? He's brought Jimmy Garoppolo, the Patriots backup, into the playoffs, into the uh, Super Bowl game. And I think, you know, that build, that type of quarterback, that pocket quarterback, and you think about, you know, obviously uh, uh, Kirk Cousins and things like that. You think about those type of quarterbacks. He likes those pocket quarterbacks, you know, and Trey Lance thinks has the most upside of all these guys. And obviously, Justin Fields, you know, what kind of came out with his injuries and having epilepsy and all that stuff, I think it's ultimately going to make him drop and not be considered. So they did come out today and say it's down to the two quarterbacks of Trey Lance and Mac Jones. So I think they're going to go with Mac Jones. They said that Kyle Shanahan likes his quick reads, his talent that he had around him and how he was able to spread the ball around. Um, And they compared his season, if not – if not better, his numbers were similar to Joe Burrow, who went number one the year before. You know, I think a lot of people knock on Mac Jones going number three because how much the 49ers gave up, right? They gave up two future first round picks, you know, to move up to get, you know, they're like, wait, you're going to get up Mac Jones? You know, you're going to get a guy like that? So 49ers fan right now are not happy with these reports coming out that Mac Jones is going to be the guy, but I think it's going to be a good pick. Um, I hope he's a bust because he's in the Rams division, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens at that three spot. Yeah. And I, and I think that they made, you know, that move to, to go up because they were comfortable really with any of those guys. You know, I think that they will be comfortable with any of the ones who sit there at three. But like you said, I do believe that it's going to trend um, towards Mac Jones. And honestly, you know, some people try to talk about, you know, some of the Bama quarterbacks of the past, the A.J. McCarrens and um, uh, Malcaroy, Greg Malcaroy. But I honestly feel that Mac Jones is, is different. You know, I don't, I don't believe that he's one of those guys. I believe that he is a very solid guy at that number three pick. Um, is he the guy that I would choose? Um, no, uh, but that's not really any knock on him. Uh, I do believe that you have five quarterbacks in this draft that are worthy of a top 10 pick. Um, And so really at that three spot, you really can't lose. Like you said, Lowe's, you already went into the fit and all of that. So I don't have to reiterate any of that, but I think it's the move that they will make. 
honestly, I'm a guy that's a little bit biased towards Justin Fields. I believe I have Justin Fields as the number two quarterback on my board in this draft. And if I were there, one who's sitting there and making the pick at three, I'm taking him. Um, but, you know, honestly, I can't fault them, you know, if they take Matt Jones from a Mac Jones from a fit perspective. Um, and I'm not going to call him a corporal. Yeah, I mean, I think that <laughs> that was cool. Hey, I, I think that, you know, the 49ers have a, a very, very important decision to make. We don't know what they're going to do. I think that ultimately they do make the best decisions. I think that um, who's that Lynch or John Lynch, their GM. I think he makes great decisions as a as a GM. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, there. Like I mentioned last podcast, is there's a lot of connections between uh, one of uh, Shanahan's backup quarterbacks in 2011. He's a, I guess, a prolific quarterback trainer. So he's John trained, Beck. Yeah, John Beck. He's trained Justin Fields. He's trained Mac Jones. He's trained Lance. So you know, ultimately, Shanahan will have some inside information about these guys and what they can bring to the table. So. I ain't gonna lie, man. When that number three uh, name is called, whoever they choose, I'm gonna believe in them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, okay, that that must be the guy because they have inside information, like I aforementioned. But you know, we did our top ten mock draft uh, uh, on our last podcast, and uh, it, it was buzzing a little bit. You know, we got a lot of interaction with the with the listeners and followers of us, of course. If you mentioned. If you missed that, that's posted on our O underscore Benchwarmers. Uh, that's on our uh, Instagram, uh, and you can check that out. We're not going to go into the to the second 20, but what we will do, we'll kind of transition into these quarterbacks because I think that this 2021 draft will have a lot of great quarterbacks or should have a lot of great quarterbacks that we'll talk about going into the future, um, of course. But, you know, we got to get a little feisty here. Um, I know it's super early. We don't know what system these guys are going into, but we're going to do it. I mean, who do y'all feel in this draft will have the most Super Bowl wins as a quarterback as opposed to the others in their draft class? Uh, I mean, that's hard, man. That's that's kind of a different uh, – I mean, I guess, you know, we know who one and two kind of go into – you know, I'll have to go with Trey Lance. You know, I know as, as weird as that sounds, it just kind of depends wow, on where that, that is a high take. take. <laughs> That's a I high mean, take. yeah. No, I think if Trey Lance ends on a, on a team like the Broncos, right? You know, we don't know where he's going to land, but if he ends up on a team like the Broncos, or if he falls, I think it's going to a team's going to trade up for him. And when a team trades up, meaning they have a good roster already. And the Broncos have a good roster and good weapons around them already as well. They have a good defense, solid defense. They have the weapons there. They have running backs. They just don't have the quarterback position. So if I see a team like, you know, take a team like the Broncos, take Trey Lance, I can see him winning the most championship. Or if a team – but, yeah, I'm going to stick with Trey Lance. I'm not yeah. going to switch. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and chime in, and I'm going to go ahead and say – Justin Fields, and it, it may be because I'm, I'm biased towards this guy, but I really believe in Justin Fields. Like, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. And kind of alluding to what Los was saying, you know, about either sliding down or a team trading up, um, 
that quarterback is going to wind up in a better position than these quarterbacks that are sitting at the top. Now, I do understand and know that Jacksonville has a, a ton of cap space and they've used some of it, but they will have potential to be able to build around Trevor Lawrence. Haven't really seen anything that that's shown us that they will do it or even that the Jets will be capable of totally doing it. Um, so I'm going to roll with Justin Fields. I believe that you could see a team like even New England you know, trade up and move into that top 10 mm. and go and grab one of those guys. So if New England goes and grabs, like you mentioned, you know, Trey Lance, so New England goes and grabs Justin Fields, hey, that's setting them up for the future. So my pick is Justin Fields, and I'm going to go ahead and say New England trades up to go and get him. Mm. I'm not mad at it. Uh, I'm agree with you, Ramon. I, I do think that uh, Justin Fields will be a guy that I would choose but it'll be for different reasons because I feel like he'll end up in Atlanta and Atlanta has the weapons. Like I mentioned last podcast, so I'm not going to dwell on that with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. You know, I, I think that those guys are, are enough alone to, you know, propel them to that. And it's like you said, I mean, what goes into this question is who will end up in the best situation. So Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we're not expecting him to like, we're expecting him to light the world on fire. Like, uh, like Burrow did, Joe Burrow did this past season, but prior to him getting hurt. But at the same time, we're looking at Trevor Lawrence and what he's going into, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons. Uh, we don't know what this offensive line is like. So, I mean, it's a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, it's going to be a few years before he become a contender, but I feel like Justin Fields being that wild card, even if he was to end up in, in San Francisco, you know, it's just what, you know, who ends up in the best spot. But I think we both can agree, me and your mind, that, you know, Justin Fields is probably one of the, the most talented quarterbacks in this draft class. So I'm going to go Justin Fields overall. Definitely not mad at it. Definitely not mad at it at all, man. Yeah, so um, NFL draft in two days when the listeners hear this, that's crazy. Just to think, um, there are a lot of guys that are flying under the radar in this draft because I think a lot of infatuation is with that uh, quarterback class that's coming out. And wide receivers. This is a very deep wide receiver class, you know, that, that's coming in this year. Um, but I'm going to ask you guys just in general, who is your sleep in the draft? I mean, ultimately, who is your sleep in the draft? And tell us why. And you know, just tell us where you where if if you can tell them where you may, where you think they may end up this year. Yeah, um, you know, this is a guy kind of was on in early in the process, just kind of looking through some receivers. Um, it's Tylen Wallace. Um, he's one of the guys that he's not the, the biggest guy in the draft, and we had a, actually had a little clip um, that we put on our Facebook or Facebook on our IG and, um, you know, really showing his strong hands and what he can do with the ball. And so he's one of my guys that I've always liked in the process. Um, I think cause he has strong hands. I think because he's not being really mentioned right now with those top guys, um, maybe not even as a first rounder and some is not even have him in the, the second round. Um, he did have some injuries kind of in his, in his college, career um, and I think that's what's really pushing him down the board but from Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State you know a six foot 190 receiver um, not afraid to go up and get it you know his speed he has good 
NFL speed at a four four speed. Um, you know, I, I love the guy, you know, and I think he he just needs the opportunity. He maybe not be a wide receiver one somewhere, but I think he'll be a good wide receiver two. You know, he can develop into that wide receiver two and then eventually take off, you know. Um, and it, it's it's again, it's just all about situations. And I would like to see him go to a team like, you know, maybe the Colts or like um a team like wait, say that one more time. Maybe the <laughs> The Colts, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> the Colts have been good at picking some good second-round receivers with Michael Pittman last year. He was one of my favorites last year going into the draft that we talked about a little bit, and the Colts picked him at the top of the second round. And I kind of see him in that similar, you know, situation. He going maybe that second, third round, being one of those guys that's not talked about highly, but show up on game day and be like, man, where did this Tyler Wallace dude come from? But he, as you can see, he competes and he, he plays hard. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll chime in. I, I do like Tylen Wallace as well. Um, I'll chime in with my sleeper, and it may seem like a, a homer pick to people, uh, but I really like Jabril Cox. Um, I believe that Jabril Cox. I knew Cox, you was going to say that. I don't know. <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. Yeah, I believe that he's the, the perfect kind of linebacker to fit in today's NFL. You know, he is – Somewhat, I'm not going to say he's exactly this guy, but he reminds me somewhat of Isaiah Simmons that came out of Clemson last year. A guy that's very versatile. You can line him up at several different positions. Even at times, you know, he was able to, I think even while he was at North Dakota State, take some snaps at safety. Like he's a guy that ran a four or five in the 40. You can use him to, to, you know, cover the tight ends. We've seen the tight end position become, of course, more active as receivers, you know, like your Travis Kelsey's and you're seeing, you know, Kyle Pitts that's going to be in this draft. Um, so I think that he's just a very versatile linebacker. Um, he probably will be, you know, a round two guy. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't be mad at a team if they took him out at the back end of the first round. Um, I believe that he has that type of talent, that type of ability. He came into, you know, a bad situation in, in LSU this past year with just how everything went with the defensive coordinator there. But all of the skills are there. Um, and he's very versatile and you can you can plug him into uh, pretty much any system. Um, so I would say Jabril Cox is uh, my guy that's, you know, somewhat of a sleeper. I like that a lot. I like I like that pick. I like Jabril. Uh, I think he, even despite us having as LSU a terrible 2020 season, he still stood out um, as being a guy that flies all over the field. I like that a lot. Um, my sleeper is going to surprise you guys, but uh, Kadarius Tony. I'm going to go with him. Uh, wide receiver out of University of Florida. Uh, he's six feet. He's six feet, 193, 193 pounds. He runs a 4-4. Uh, I love the way that Florida was able to use him in, in this past season, in this 2020 season. Uh, he lined up uh, all over the field. Of course, he has explosiveness to play the slot. He can play the outside. Um, I think that he's a guy that uh, which they actually had to transition him from quarterback to receive, which we've seen in previous years with Wells Welker and uh, Julian Edelman, that that can be beneficial having a wide receiver transition from quarterback to receiver. But I like, I like him a lot. Uh, I think that any team they can get him would have to have, would have to be a team with a a very progressive thinking officer coordinator. And 
I know it's going to seem like I'm homer, but I feel like he would be right at home with New Orleans. <laughs> I think that if we could get him late in the first round, I feel like that would be a steal, even though I feel like we probably would go defense, maybe a, a, uh, trying to look for a CB2 uh, to complement Marshawn if he doesn't get suspended off of this trouble he's got in the offseason. Or maybe we go linebacker just to uh, kind of uh, complement Demario. But I think that if we were to go – um, uh, uh, Tony, I think that Coach Payton, of course, could use him in a lot of ways in the offense, but I'm not going to put I, I could see him landing there, but I'm not going to just limit him to the Saints. I think that any offensive coordinator out there who y'all could think of that's very creative could use him. I mean, even if the Rams were able to get him, I think that even in, in that offense, he could flourish. It's just he's just a guy that that's just a uh, maybe a Swiss Army knife that can do it all. Um, you maybe could put him in some situations like Odell was this past season, where, where he was throwing the ball uh, to to Javaris Landry because he's had quarterback uh, experience. Or you could put him in a in a wide receiver type um, reverse type situation or a sweep situation. He's that type of guy. Uh, I like him as a sleeper. I feel like whoever can get him is obviously going to be somebody that can utilize him in their offense. He um he reminds me a lot of Percy Harvin, actually. Like, with his skill set mm-hmm. and the way that Florida used him and moved him around, I think he's very Percy Harvin-esque type of guy. So, I yeah. like him as well. Yeah, if I could, though, fellas, I would like to add one more. Then this is just one of my guys that I like, and I, I'm interested to see where he falls. He's not going to go first round. He maybe don't even go second or third, but the Demetric Felton from UCLA. So he's a 5'8", 190 running back slash wide receiver. And so that's one of those things where he can be utilized as a running back some days where a team's a, a good mind like a Sean Payton, like a Sean McVay, could put him in situations where he can create, he can do the jet sweep. He's going out the backfield where you're going to have to, like you mentioned, Rob, the switch army knife like you're going to have to always know where he's at on the field to make sure um you know you just keyed in on him um he's he's again he's one of those guys that he's also return kicks he's a punt returner he's going to be he's going to get on the team he's going to have a role right away you know and i'm really interested again out of ucla 58 190 running back slash wide receiver he can really be a weapon out of backfield, especially on those arrow routes and those angle yeah. routes. You know, yeah. I think he, I think Debo Samuel Samuel has really carved out this type of role in the NFL, and just how much success he's had for San Francisco. Uh, Debo Samuel is basically a running back once he get that ball in his hands on that outside, but he plays the wide receiver position. So I think a lot of uh, NFL teams are looking for that type of caliber player. Um, but I mean, again, those two guys, I think, like Los mentioned, I think those guys are the ones that that really kind of stand out to carve their role out um, in this future draft. So, so I mean, I think that the NFL draft, I think that it, you know, with it coming up with with so many days, the 49ers, I, I mean, I think that the 49ers are interesting because I think that they're in this position where everybody's looking at them. And I really feel like the draft really starts with them. So um, ultimately, you see a lot of smoke screens. Like they say, the top five QB prospects are all on the board for them. Uh, do y'all think that there's smoke or do you think they know that who they're going to choose? I mean, I, I think at this point in the process, I think that they've identified who they're going to choose. They've seen the pro days. 
they've seen the film, uh, they've had whatever interviews and all of that. If you would have asked me, you know, a week or two ago, maybe they were still thinking and figuring it out. But after Justin Fields had his second pro day, after they saw Trey Lance and his, you know, pro day and, you know, him actually having some specific even sets and plays from, you know, the 49ers that was specifically sent there for him to run. I think at this point in the game, they know where they're going to go. It just isn't beneficial for them to say anything or, you know, do anything because at the end of the day, of course, they have traded up to that three spot, but you never know what kind of activity can come draft day. Um, and so you still have to hold things close to the vest. You still, as you mentioned, have to send smoke screens just in case you get an offer that you can't pass up on, you know, just in case someone calls you and they really like this certain guy that much. And it's like, you feel that your guy may still be there, you know, if you trade back a little bit. So I think they do know where they're going. Um, if they in fact, 100% sit at that three spot, um, but it does them no good to reveal that at this point. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I, I think I, I'm with you, Ramon. I, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that like, they're not fooling anybody. You don't give up that much. And I think they've been kind of had their eyes on their guy, but they're doing their process. And, you know, the GM came out and said, since they moved up, there is five guys that can go there. No, I think they know who they want and they're set on their guy. All right. Since this is the smoke screen NFL draft segment, we're going to talk about the Patriots. Right now, they're outside of the top 10 looking in. Um, obviously, we've heard rumors and reports that they're uh, they're looking to trade back in. Um, and my question is, are they looking to trade back in for a quarterback or are they looking to trade in for some type of other position that they're looking to pad up? Because they spent a lot of money in free agency, which we've seen. They put all their marbles metaphorically into the middle of the table. So we know they're trying to contend this year. Belichick is trying to contend. He's very good at it. But do you think they had their eyes on one of these quarterbacks in this uh, top 10? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, this is probably their best opportunity to move up and get a quarterback, right? They're used, they're used to drafting in the 20s, right? And so right now they're in the middle of the draft, right? I think, what, 15, right, is what we said? They're yeah, yeah, 15. The 15th pick. So this is their best opportunity to move up and to maybe give up future picks and those different things to – get a quarterback, get one of those quarterbacks if they slide. So if they do move up, absolutely as quarterback. I can't see them moving up for anything else right now. And we know Cam is on a one-year deal, and, you know, he's not the future there, but he is a bridge quarterback. So if they move up, it's definitely going to be for a quarterback. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Don't really have anything to add to it. If they move up, it will be QB. They have no reason to move up for really any other position out there because honestly, if it's not a QB, there is tremendous talent that's going to fall to them at 15, you know, at, at any other position that they have of need. So um, I, I really like the the top end of this draft. The, the first half of the first round, you know, is really, um, to me, fixed with a lot of promising guys. So if they trade up, it has to be QB. If not, sit there and let the best, you know, available fall to you. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that if it was one guy that I would think that would fall into the perfect situation, if he was to wait behind Cam for another two years, would be Trey Lance, just for him to learn, because they're both dual threats. They're both uh, the big arm. 
um, coming out of college. They they're both dual threats. If he was to learn and, you know, Patriots able to jump in there and say, hey, look, I'm about to get my quarterback of the future. I, I think that they would. And I think that the Patriots will be able to compete this year. I mean, I think that it's all I think that the Patriots are all the way hinged on who is Cam. Like we last year, we saw it. You know, there was a lot of issues that the Patriots had outside of Cam, but Cam didn't look too good. And I, he can lean on the excuse that I wasn't 100% healthy, which I, I could buy that. But, I mean, if, if Cam is claiming that he's 100% healthy, he's ready to go, and he has all these weapons, they should be able to compete. Um, but if they was able to get a guy like Trey Lance and just take the Patrick Mahomes, the, uh, the Lamar Jackson route, and just have the, you know, play the backup role for a year, a year or two, or a year and a half, I think that the Patriots would be – Kind of, you know, I think they'll be satisfied with the results that they get uh, in a Trey Lance if yeah. he's who he's going to be. Yeah. And I think that honestly, just adding on to that, Trey Lance needs that. I think that he's the type of guy that needs to walk in a situation where he's not looked at as the guy from day one. We do have to realize we see the promise, we see the talent, we see the ability, but we got to realize he's making the jump from FCS to the NFL. Also, with him not even playing the 2020 season, you know, because of them not playing, you know, having football for that season. So, you know, last we saw of him was 2019 and he was great in that 2019 season. But just the amount of reps, the amount of passing attempts, all of that, he just hasn't gotten there. So, like you're saying, I do believe that he needs to be in a situation where he can sit for a year or two let you know learn as much as he needs to learn get accustomed to the speed of the game then he can take off from there but i believe if he's put in a situation where he has to be the guy from day one i don't believe that it's going to be that great for him honestly right yeah no i 100 agree with that he did play i just wanted to say one i think he did come back this year and play one game it was like one game against a team or whatever he ended up like throwing his first interception that game so he didn't have a good show in his one game he did play this year. Yeah, good insight. Good insight. I, I love it. I love it. So, I mean, it's just interesting to see the smoke screens that go on through the 2021 draft. I mean, it happens every year. Um, and I think that it's, it's just a part of strategy uh, in the draft room. Uh, what, do y'all, what are some other things that y'all want to talk about about the draft? I mean, since, um, we, since we're here. I mean, we were talking about key spots in, in the draft and, you know, you talked about the 49ers, um, but the Bengals have a big decision to make, you know, mm. they have a really big decision to make going forward with their franchise. Do they take, you know, the guy who's, you know, rated to be the top O-line prospect in this draft in Panay Sewell and shore up that line after, you know, what we saw happen to Joe Burrow in last season with, you know, his knee injury with the ACL, PCL, MCL, all of it. Uh, that was torn um so do you you continue to build that line or do you pair him with a guy that I believe is the best receiver in this draft who to me is a rare breed and a rare talent and was his number one guy when he was at LSU you know when you also are missing now AJ Green being gone you know I'm not gonna harp on John Ross that much but you still are missing you know some of the targets that were sent there so you know, where do you go there? I think that that's going to be another kind of swing point in the draft that we kind of need to discuss and see, okay, you know, what, what, what are they going to do? Like if, let me ask it, I guess this way, 
if y'all were sitting there and you are the GM, you're able to make the decision. The buck stops with you. You have Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell sitting there. Who are you taking at five? Yeah, I'm going O-line. I'm going O-line. I have to. I mean, I think, you know, you can always find weapons later on in the draft. I think you can find those type of guys to fit what you need. You know, I, I think it'll be a great story to obviously put him with his receiver that he had in college and he broke records with. That'll be a great story. But you look at and you mentioned at the top of this segment about all the things that he tore, ACL, PCL. You look at all those things that he tore, you want to protect the guy. That is your number one asset from a year ago. And he didn't even survive the whole season because their offensive line is paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not good. And so let's start building it from – let's build it the right way from the inside out. Yeah, it's going to hurt, you know, because you didn't get the, the flashy receiver. But you do have guys that can supplement. You know what I'm saying? You do have Tyler Boyd there still. You could still find your speed option. You could still – you still have a second-round pick to get these guys but you won't have an opportunity to get the best offensive lineman in the draft at number five. If you, I'm with, I'm with Los right here, man. I'm with Los definitely 100%. It's almost like the Bengals are in a position to whether they're going to buy that Lambo or they're going to just get a reliable Honda that's going to last for about 12 or 13 years. You know, uh, just like Los mentioned, I'm not going to reiterate or piggyback off of him at all, but I agree with him. You know, Joe Burrow had a tough, tough running at it. And you saw how talented he was. You saw he was ready for the league, but he wasn't able to finish the season due to injury. So why not go ahead and get that that Honda that's going to really solidify that line, be an anchor on that line and protect your asset? Yeah, uh, I guess it maybe it's the homer in me, man, but I'm on the opposite side of this. And I know that the opposite side is the side that would get the scrutiny you know, everyone's going to say if they say with the fifth pick, the Bengals take Jamar Chase, it's going to be you're not protecting your asset. You're not taking care of Joe Burrow. But when I look at it and even when you look at the hit rate, honestly, of top, you know, premier offensive line prospects, the hit rate isn't so great of those top 10 guys that come out, you know, and you look at, you know, this draft, it is a deep draft with O-line. You already have Jonah Williams, who was your 2019 investment that you have at left tackle. You still you went out and got Riley Reef in the offseason to bookend him at the right tackle position. This draft is also very deep, not just O-line in general, but especially your interior O-line. So you supplement that. Go get you an Alex Leatherwood in the second round. Um, go get you, you know, uh, one of those type of guys. And to me, you can build that O-line through the second, third, fourth, round get those guys but that premier talent in jamar chase that guy is just different and i think that you know maybe just me i value jamar chase maybe even more than even most people uh evaluating the draft i look at the fact that we saw what justin jefferson did in his rookie season and we know that justin jefferson was the number two guy when he was at lsu that is how special that guy jamar chase is he's just different and um, to me, when you have those options, you already could potentially have your ends flanked and you can build out that O-line. You got a guy that's just different, man. Like Jamar Chase is just different. And so at the end of the day, they can't lose and they wouldn't be they wouldn't be wrong going y'all's way. Like I could totally see it y'all's way. And maybe I would be there if I didn't wear LSU glasses. 
Um, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, I think I would go Jamar Chase, but I could see it either way, man. Okay, I'm with it. I'm with it. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to wrap this NFL draft coverage segment without us saying our piece. Do y'all have anything? Anything. It don't have to be anything on topic. Do y'all have anything to add on to our NFL draft coverage segment? No, man. I think it's going to be exciting, man. I was just say, um, you know, expect the unexpected always with the NFL. And those second and third round guys matter too. You know, I know it's a big flashy first round. Those second and third round guys and, you know, fourth and fifth, those are what really make rosters. You know what I'm saying? I know people lose interest after the first day, but that second and third round is when you really get your talent and those teams, those players is going to shape your rosters. Now, I will say this, that we did walk into a segment, but y'all can shut it off if y'all want to. But Ramon mentioned what was the – I don't know if it was Ramon or Lowe's, but y'all was like, what team had to make the biggest decision? It was Ramon which was Cincinnati. Do you feel like there's another team that's in this first round that has to make a decision that seems bigger than others outside of the 49s and the Bengals? Uh, I would say, I would say one that's going to be intriguing to me is seeing what Carolina is going to do. If one of those quarterbacks fall, if you have a guy in Trey Lance or Justin Fields that's sitting there at eight, do they say, Hey, okay, we went out and got Sam Darnold you know, and, and Sam can be our guy. We still got Teddy on the roster technically, or do they go and grab one of those QBs? You know, like, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go. They still could, you know, you could have a Rashawn Slater that may be on the board offensive line wise. If, if Panay Sewell isn't taking at five, he could technically be there at eight. So, you know, I'm interested to see what might they do at eight if one of those QBs are there. Wasn't well, yeah. Cause I feel like the Lions is in the same situation because, uh, Justin Fields, again, may be there. But then you're looking at a Jamar Chase that may be there, and you just lost Galladay in free agency. So, you know, they have a big, huge decision to make. Am I going to replace Galladay, which I think that Chase can be young. Uh, I think that Chase may be just under Megatron as far as a talent coming out of the draft. But, I mean, do you want to replace Galladay? Or do you want to go Justin Fields? And just like you say, Panay Sewell may still be there. So they that's another decision. Do you want to protect golf? So, I mean, it's it's crazy there. Yeah, I'll hop on that 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 train right there. So their GM right now came from under the um, toolage of our GM with the Rams, with Brad Holmes. You know, he actually got us three comp picks, you know, had the new formula with, you know, black GMs moving on or, growing within an um, organization and then going to run another organization, you get the third round comp picks back to back years. So with that in mind and him coming from under the Rams, he was on that team that drafted Jared Goff, number one overall that traded up. He was part of that decision-making part of the scouting to do that. And so it's really going to be telling what the Lions do and what they think of Jared Goff at that position, because the way the draft is falling right now, right? You got your top one, two and three that's going to be quarterbacks right then you have four with Atlanta that's going to probably get the best um skill position in Kyle Pitts and then you have five with Bengals who's not going to move off that spot right they're not going to move off that spot and then you have six really um I can't think of who's at the sixth spot right now Miami the Dolphins huh? Miami so Miami right they they need weapons and stuff they're not moving the draft really at seven is the big trade position right 
you look at the Lions, they're not one position away from being a good team. So teams are probably looking at them at that seven position. If nobody, the Bengals are not going to take a quarterback. Miami's not going to take a quarterback. I mean, we don't know with Atlanta right now. They're wild. Miami hard. may take a quarterback. We don't know. No, they're not. They're not going to. They're not, they're, gonna, they're gonna not going to take. A, not, not, they're not gonna do it. I'm not sold on Tua yet. I get what you're saying, but I think right. I'm not sold either. But yeah. I think they, they're gonna go elsewhere first yeah. round. Yeah. I can't see them going back to back at that premium. No, I, I agree. I agree with you. So, but seven is that spot where it's a prime trade up position. I can see them trading back, collecting picks, right? Because they're not one position Who away. The Lions? the Lions at that mm-hmm. seven spot, you know, again, that's what we used to do in the past because we was in a, a spot where we needed more talent. We need to fill our roster out. We used to always trade back, pick up picks. And I can see them at that seven spot, a team with one of those quarterbacks falling, moving in with the Lions and getting um, a quarterback. And so I don't think they even pick at seven, honestly. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. So, that's a couple teams that we feel like have to make big decisions. And Los brings up an interesting insight there is that the Lions may look to get gain more assets as opposed to, you know, trading in. And then you have to look at how the first four and four five picks going to go because it's just hard to guess because if, you know, if, they, if a Justin Fields is still there for, like I said, the Lions could very much take, take uh, Justin Fields they may, you know, the Panthers may look like it. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, the Panthers, the Patriots may look at it and be like, okay, feels there. Okay, look, you looking to trade back that we up to, you know, so we can have our future quarterback. So, I mean, it is interesting at that spot. That is a good, interesting uh, point that you brought up, Lowe's. Um, But, I mean, that's, that's, an inter- that's all I want to talk about was just teams that may have a big decision to make in the top 10 of first round. Do you have anything else to add on to the draft before we wrap it up and put a bow on it? I think we pretty much covered it. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I know that they're going to actually have some guys who will be there uh, for the draft, so we're moving back to that. Uh, But that might decrease some of those moments that we saw that were classics last year with the CD Lamb with his girlfriend and and, (laughs) and the guy, the, the, the lineman who mama moved the girlfriend out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so we may miss a, a few of those key virtual moments. Uh, so that, <laughs> but, that'll be interesting. What is Zach Wilson's infatuation with the Jets? I mean, you got Justin Fields, like Ramon, you listened to the last podcast. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence have been added at that one-two spot, even back dating back to their high school recruit days. And now we're here at the NFL, and now the Jets, they traded into this top-two spot. And it's looking like they're going to take Zach Wilson. It's a far-gone conclusion. What's up with the Jets, man? Y'all take Sam Darnold. You know, like, when y'all had opportunity to do it right a couple years back, like, what is up with them? Do they just like taking an unorthodox or an underdog? I I think part of it is when you look at Zach Wilson's style of play, it kind of is what is becoming intriguing in the league, you know, we all know that um, that Patrick Mahomes is just different. Like we know that he's mm-hmm. different, but Zach Wilson, he has some of those kind of throws to him. The, the ones that we see, you know, Patrick Mahomes and see Aaron Rodgers make the sidearm throws, the kind of unorthodox, you know, he's able to buy time with his feet. Um, and so I think that, you know, once you kind of see that being what's viewed as valuable at the position, you just kind of, 
you you're kind of drawn to that when you see a player exhibit that and so i think that that's part of of why they look at zach wilson but some of some of the top evaluators out there honestly you know chris sims is a guy who has year in year out been pretty accurate when he's talked about quarterbacks like he said lamar jackson was going to be the best quarterback from his draft class he was really high on josh allen when josh allen was coming out like if you really go back and look at his rankings over the years he's pretty accurate and he lists zach wilson actually as his number one quarterback he said that if he were drafting he would actually take zach wilson over trevor lawrence right now so um you know i i'm not a guy that has had zach wilson as my number two guy he's my number three quarterback on my board but um just i guess over time seeing those kind of things has caused them to become a little infatuated with him yeah i'm with you uh zach wilson is definitely three on my board uh, of course i got trevor lawrence and justin fields is my number two uh, but he is a ta- he is talented. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I've I've seen one game. Uh, that, I think that was that game. Uh, shoot, I can't even remember. The, uh, Coastal Carolina, where BYU added that onto their schedule, and I saw him, and I was like, yeah, he's he's talented. He made some great throws. He didn't have his best game statistically wise, but if you watch him, some of the throws he was making was was pretty NFL caliber. So, but I, I still, I mean, I still like. Come on, Jets. Justin Fields there. You might as well do something different. You took Sam Donald. You thought you could develop him, and you couldn't. So, I mean, some some may uh, blame Adam Gates for that, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, I mean, I guess we could talk a little NBA. Uh, we only got 11 or 12 games left in the in NBA season. Are y'all, like, 11 or 12 games? Are y'all surprised by that? Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's been fun. It's been flying, man. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's been very fun. Um, I think some of the headlines. I know we're homers and we're Lakers fans, but we have to talk about it because everybody's been talking about it, and it has been the Lakers' decline just with losing so many games, uh, in absence of AD and LeBron James. Of course, AD. This is his third game back tonight, and uh, I read somewhere that he would not have a minutes limit, which is pointing to the fact that. Maybe we are a little, you know, the front office and the coaching staff, like, okay, we got to get these back, these guys back. LeBron should, should be back next week, which he was projected not to be back for a few weeks. So I'm going to ask you guys, uh, LeBron has to come back ASAP. AD has to come back ASAP. Uh, we're on the brink of avoiding that playing game because right now the Mavs own the tiebreaker on us. We're sitting at that seven spot. Um, but oh, Mavs are six right now. Oh, Mavs, Mavs are six. six. So, they, yeah. so we what are we right now? Seven. So right now we're the fifth seed. Fifth. The Mavs okay, yeah, are yeah, six, yeah. and then Portland's at that seven spot. They'll right. be the first in the play. So they 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 pretty much own the tiebreaker on us. So they're on the hinges of us. I think they're on a game. They may be on a game behind us. So we we are really in in, in panic mode right now. Uh, I just want y'all thoughts on. What will happen? Are y'all how y'all feeling right now as Lakers fans? Just just to get a listener some insight of where we are at right now. Twelve games left, eleven or twelve games left in the season. The playoffs are about to start. We're on the hinges of avoiding a play-in situation. Fully healthy. Are y'all good? Yeah, I mean, I think you know we shouldn't panic. I think we shouldn't. We should obviously avoid the play-in because. You know, that's less games and less things that we have to deal with. 
Um, but I think we should, the biggest thing we need to worry about is health. You know, that's the only thing that's really fighting us right now. We've been banged up team all year. You know, if we can get in at that fifth or sixth seed, that's fine. It doesn't really matter about home field, home court advantage. And I think the Lakers, that's the Lakers mindset. Nobody can beat them at seven games fully healthy. But the key word to that is fully healthy. You know what I mean? So, again, that's number one. You know, and then after that, even if we get into a play game, you know, worst case scenario, I want us to be fully healthy. Fully healthy, we're good to go. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that health is the number one concern. Uh, but I do honestly want to remain at that five spot. And I say it from this standpoint, um, in the playoffs, the team that I view as the biggest threat to us in the Western Conference, the Clippers, like I, I view them as the biggest threat. And I believe that, you know, of course, if you end up in that sixth spot, that could be your first round matchup. I don't think that you want to ramp up going against the Clippers in the first round. I think you want to hold that off, you know, hopefully into the Western Conference Finals. You look at if you remain in that five slot and you end up playing the Denver Nuggets in the first round. Of course, you know, we know that they don't have Jamal Murray. They're weakened by that. That would allow you to ramp up some and, you know, avoid the Clippers until you have the Western Conference Finals where you're completely in sync. You're rolling again. Chemistry and everything is there. Um, you know, so I do believe that positioning matters to an extent. But at the end of the day, like Lowe said, you know, the, the biggest thing is basically for the team to get healthy. If the Lakers are healthy, they're still going to be the favorite out there in the Western Conference. I like it. I agree with you guys both. I think we're fine as long as LeBron. I, I think, you know, it, this is not a conspiracy theorist podcast, but if you look at the amount of games that LeBron and AD played and considering the fact that this NBA season was prematurely started, they played a lot of games. So at a, at a, at a certain point, I feel like rather AD, especially LeBron, if there was a situation, LeBron was on pace of winning MVP this season. But I feel like when he tweaked his ankle, they was like, okay, we're shutting you down. And LeBron was like, okay, I'm cool with that because I ultimately want to win another ring. I think that he's just resting. I think that LeBron, if, if needed be, he could have came back two weeks ago. But I think that they were they're just taking his time. Same with AD. They played a plenty of games. They have a lot of miles on their on themselves. So I think that we're just protecting them. I think that AD is back. And I think AD is, you know, AD, the limit restrict the minute restriction was lifted today. And so far, what I'm seeing, AD is playing well. You know, I just think that's the thing where we're just trying to, you know, really just just try to make sure we have these guys for the playoffs because it's going to be a little different than last year. We're going to be traveling and whatnot and everything like that. So I think that that's what it is. But so that's the NBA. I mean, we're going we're gonna to get into more NBA uh, with the NBA NFL draft again coming up uh, two days from now. Uh, when you hear this, we wanted to make sure that we covered that, which we spent a lot of time on. But we're going to get into the NBA uh, on future episodes, but we're going to wrap up for today. All right. Um, Y'all good with that? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we uh really kind of overstayed our state. We try to stay in that 45 minute limit. But, you know, yeah, we just wanted to make sure we covered the NFL draft. Um, much, much more NBA coverage will come with the playoffs approaching as well as the play-in games, which I want to talk to y'all about because that's a fun uh, topic, which is just these play-in games, how they're going to play out. Um, good luck to all the NFL prospects. 
like we always say, good luck to Zach von Rosenberg, prospect out of LSU. Uh, yeah. I'm looking to see where he lands at, definitely for the NFL draft. Do y'all have any special plans for the NFL draft? It'll be pretty typical for me, man, just kind of laid back, kind of watching it like I typically do. So, yeah, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, I might get some chip and dip and just watch the game. I mean, just enjoy, man. It's just a show. You just never know what's going to happen, who's going to trade up, you know, envisioning these players. And not to mention, we all on a dynasty team. So kind of keeping that in mind as we kind of watch these picks and things like that. So um, it'll be fun to enjoy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We all on a dy- We all share a dynasty league, so it'll definitely be interesting to see where these rookies go. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to add on to you. I don't think we said it. I I did. I said who I want my Saints to take in the as their first pick. Who do you guys want to see y'all first pick be? And then make sure y'all tell who teams y'all fans up to. Yeah. Um... Wow, that's a good pick. I, uh, I mean, that's a good question. Um, uh, for my team, you know, we at the 57th. We don't pick to the 57th pick. So we had a position where we picking best available. But if I had to, if I had a, a, a hope, which I know we're not, we don't never take these guys early, I would like to take a boy from LSU that Ramon mentioned as a sleeper. Um, yeah, Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox, yes. I would like to take Jabril Cox as – our linebacker, we don't have a top linebacker on our team. That's one of our weaknesses, but we may end up going off as a lineman, best available. But I would like to see Jabril Cox. And you're an L.A. Rams fan. So, Ramon, as an Indiana Colts fan, who would you like to see your team take as the first pick? Uh, I would like to see us either go edge rusher or go O-line. We do have to, you know, sure up one position, uh, really a tackle position O-line-wise. So, um, to me, either a guy like an Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia, um, who to me is a really talented guy. His brother actually plays for LSU, but uh, Aziz Ojolari <laughs> out of Georgia. Or uh, I kind of like, um, I think it's, is it Tevin Jenkins, I believe, out of um, out of Oklahoma State, if we have to shore up the offensive line. So kind of one of those guys, he's in an edge rusher or uh, going O-line with that pick. Okay. And again, I'm a Saints fan. I take the Kadarius Tony, uh Kadarius Tony uh guy out of uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I think that he's gonna be ultra, I think he would be ultra talented. I think he'd be the weapon that we need, uh, especially with us losing a couple weapons. Uh we lost uh a couple weapons through free agency. So I mean it'll it'll be nice to to have somebody young and explosive like him. So all right, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. Make sure that you are following Opinated Benchwarmers. We have our mock draft posted up on our socials, O underscore Benchwarmers. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, Opinated Benchwarmers. You can search that on any platform. We should pop up. Uh, just make sure that you subscribe. If you feel inclined to, please leave a review. Let us know how you feel about what you heard. Make sure that you're sharing a link with a friend. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. We hope that you enjoy your NFL draft. And until next week, we out of here. Later. Later. Shout out to McCorkle. <laughs> <laughs>